Now please remain standing for the reading of today's scripture from Genesis chapter 6, verses 11 through 22. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight, and the earth was filled with violence. And God saw that the earth was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted its way upon the earth. And God said to Noah, I have determined to make an end of all flesh, for the earth is filled with violence because of them. Now I am going to destroy them along with the earth. Make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you are to make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits. It's width, 50 cubits. And it's height, 30 cubits. Make a roof for the ark and finish it to a cubit above and put the door of the ark in its side. Make it with lower, second, and third decks. For my part, I am going to bring a flood of waters on the earth to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life. Everything that is on the earth shall die. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female, of the birds according to their kinds, and of the animals according to their kinds, and of every creeping thing of the ground according to its kind. Two of every kind shall come in to you to keep them alive. Also take with you every kind of food that is eaten and store it up, and it shall serve as food for you and for them. Noah did this. He did all that God commanded him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning, church. Oh, that sound okay. I need a little more energy, a little bit more this morning. Good morning, church. Amen, amen. That's how I like it. Brothers and sisters, before we start the sermon today, I would like us to go to God in prayer. I always have to pray before I preach because, you know, sometimes I misbehave and I want God in the spirit to keep me straight. Let us pray. Gracious God, thank you for this day. God, thank you for allowing me to speak your word. I ask your spirit to rise within me and speak your truth. Father God, I ask your spirit to fill this place and fill your people. Open our eyes so that we may see God. Open our ears so that we may hear. And open our hearts so that we may receive your word today. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. We, your children, are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Today... With the help of the Holy Spirit, I pray to preach about the Rainbow Connection. If you have been with us over the several weeks, we are studying the book of Genesis. We are discovering God's purpose for all of creation while trying to attempt to answer the questions, why are we here? What is my purpose? I began to see a common thread, Brother Davis, going through this series so far. I noticed that God does something and humans are required to respond. Amen? Amen. We began with week one, the sixth day, from Genesis 1, 26, 31. Brother Davis preached on finding your why. 
Why are we here? What is your purpose, he asked. In this lesson, he taught us that God created humans in God's likeness, and God said it was very good. God wanted to be in relationship with humanity, and God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. On week two, the problem of humanity from Genesis 3, verses 1 through 13 Brother Davis preached on how despite Adam and Eve's disobedience to God, which caused sin to enter into the earth, God clothed Adam and Eve to protect their nakedness. Week three, east of Eden from Genesis 4 verses 1 through 16, Brother Davis preached on how despite Cain murdering his brother Abel, God marked Cain to protect Cain from harm in the east of Eden, outside the garden. And now, brothers and sisters, we are here. Week four, the rainbow connection. The scripture tells us in Genesis 6, 11 through 13, now the earth was corrupt in God's sight. And the earth was filled with violence. And God saw the earth was corrupt and all flesh was corrupt, its ways upon earth. So here we are. God has blessed us and says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And what do we do? Uh, we're fruitful and we multiply and we sure do fill the earth. But we also fill the earth with sin, violence and corruption and evil. That sounds like this world much today, wouldn't you say? I would say. John Wesley describes the state of the heart was evil, deceitful, and desperately wicked. The principles were corrupt and the habits and disposition evil. He goes on to say there was no good to be found among them because there was so much violence and evil in the world. Scripture tells us in Genesis 6, 6, that the Lord was sorry that he had made humankind on earth and it grieved him to his heart. You see, church, through Adam and Eve and original sin, the world has become corrupt. But just like Adam and Eve, we too have to choose how to live our lives because you know what? What you do in this life doesn't just affect you, but it affects others. Can I get an amen? God grieves for us. When we do whatever we want to do, when we choose to live our lives how we want to, when we become evil and we allow evil and strife and, and malice and all the works of the flesh to consume our hearts, God grieves for us. And in God's grief, God says, you know what? I'm just going to blot it all out. I am going to wipe out creation as we know it. I struggle with this, and I tried to think of something that reminded, that could help me in this sermon. And so I thought about my grandmother who had a CNI. Now she would sit in her living room, and we would be two, three blocks down the street having fun, doing things that she told us not to do. And when we would get home, my grandmother would look at us and she said, mm-hmm, yeah, I know what you did. 
And we would say, Granny, what you talking about? And sure, to, I'm telling you, my grandmother would tell us exactly what we were doing, how we did it, who was there, where we were. And I'm telling you, I was convinced as a child, she must be connected to God because she can see everything. But I also remember when we would do wrong and she would say, mm, it grieves my heart to know that I trusted you to do what you were supposed to do. But what do you do? You go off and show out and misbehave. And then you know what happens next. You get a whooping. <laughs> and what I couldn't figure out is when she would whoop us, she would say, quit crying. She said, it hurts me more than it hurts you. And I would say, how? I don't see you crying. I'm the one crying, amen. But church, praise God that God is not like man. Amen. You see, God's grief is connected to God's grace. Scripture tells us in Genesis 6, 8, but Noah found favor in the sight of the Lord. You see, Scripture tells us that Noah walked with God. Noah was righteous and blameless. In other words, unlike some of us, Noah was consistent with his relationship with God. Did you hear what I said? Consistent with his relationship to God. Noah had faith in God. Praise God, church. This is hope. You see, in the midst of all the corruption that was going on and the evil and the violence on the earth, praise God that God saw favor with Noah. God says, I will establish my covenant with you and you shall come into the ark. You, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. That's hope for me. Because living in the world that we live in today with all the violence and the corruption out here in the world is scared. You're scared to go outside to walk in your neighborhood. It's getting dangerous out there. But God is still on the throne. And just like then, God is looking for those Noahs in us. He's looking for that spirit of obedient faith. The type of faith when God says go and build and do. We go, we build. We do whatever it is that God asked us to do. You see, Noah was saved because of his obedience to God. Noah did exactly what God told him to. He built this ark, this big ark, and God told him, you and your family go, but every creature, male and female, two of them, so they could multiply, are to come and enter into the ark with you. Now, I don't know about y'all, but that's saving grace for me. Can I get an amen this morning? Because God, even in his grief, God stretches out his grace. And God decides, you know, I'm Noah, his family, and every living creature, male and female, two of them, I will protect them with the ark. You see... Then the story kind of gets bleak from there. I struggle with this part. Genesis 7, 19 and 23, it tells us how the waters 
swelled so mighty on earth and how the waters came and the waters blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, human beings, animals, creeping things, and birds of the air, they were blocked out. I struggled with that, Brother Davis. I struggled. But then I thought about, Toy, why don't you challenge yourself? Instead of looking at this in a harsh way, look at it as a redemption story. You see, Noah was saved by the flood and from the flood. See, the purpose of the water was to cleanse the earth of evil, wickedness, violence, and corruption. But the purpose of the ark was to stay afloat during the flood. Noah's salvation was available not just for him, but for every living creature that entered the ark. You know, that sounds like our baptism. When we're immersed into the water or the water is dispersed upon our heads or our bodies, the old self dies, the evil, the wickedness, where it's supposed to anyway, dies. And we're cleansed of our old selves. And through the water, redemption begins for humanity. The story goes on to tell us that after the flood has subsided, Scripture tells us that God once again blesses Noah. Now listen to this same blessing. God blesses Noah and his sons. He says once again, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Listen to God's promise to Noah because this is the same promise that God has made to us in Genesis 9, 12 through 17. God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you. For all future generations, I have set my bow in the clouds and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth, the bow is in the clouds and I will remember my covenant between me, you, and every living creature. All flesh and water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Church, God chose to remember us. Despite us and our evil and wicked ways, God chose to give us a sign that I will never destroy the earth by water again. Yes, even in our sin, God chose to save us. Whenever you see a rainbow, may it remind you that you are connected to God. Through God's saving grace in Jesus Christ, God sent Jesus as a sign of God's love for us. God's saving grace through Jesus Christ, just like the flood, it did not wipe everything out and God started over. No, God didn't make a mistake. But God reordered things. 
He reconciled us back to him. And through Jesus Christ and God's saving grace, we've not only been reconciled back to God, but God sees us as a member of God's family again. Through the connection, through God's saving grace, through Jesus Christ, the same God in the beginning that clothed Adam and Eve to protect them from nakedness is the same God that marked Cain, even though he committed murder, God put his mark on him so that no one would murder him. This same God in the midst of the sin of the world has told us to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And we filled it with corruption and evil. Yet this same God creates and provides an ark. He tells Noah exactly what to do. And he says, enter in. This same God protects, covers, loves, and provides for us. This same God saves what God creates. Our human purpose. Let's talk about God's purpose first. God's purpose for humanity is still the same. God still wants to be in relationship with us. God wants us to grab God's hand like the little sweet girl in the picture and walk with God in the morning, in the afternoon, in the coolness of the evening and at night. The same God still wants us to worship him in spirit and in truth. The same God still desires for us to praise him. The same God wants us not only to be connected to God, church, but God wants us to be connected to one another. God wants us just like Noah, not just to only walk, but also to love. Love God and love one another. God wants us to forgive one another. Don't you see this connection going on here? The same God wants us to accept one another. We are connected to God. Thanks be to God for the rainbow, for a constant reminder that God remembers us. But thanks be to God for Jesus Christ that God not only remembers us, but God saves us from us. We are connected to the same promise that God made to Noah and his sons. He says, I will establish my covenant with you. God is still desiring to establish a covenant with me and with you and with the world. And just like Cain, God will mark us. There's a mark on us through the blood of Jesus Christ. We are marked through the blood that we too are saved. We are connected to the story. We are a part of the story. Our human purpose is to stay connected to the same God of the flood today. 
Our human purpose is to stay connected not only to God, but also to one another. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let the church say amen.